God, we thank you for your love for us, and I pray over the next 25 minutes or so, we would be able to see uh, your word just come to life and how it applies to our life, and you would show us, teach us, prompt us, convict us, and Father, use me just as a mouthpiece, as just a vessel to uh, speak those words. We thank you for the power of your spirit. We thank you for the love of your son, Jesus. Amen. It's confession time here at the very beginning. I want you to uh, raise your hand if you would say that you would qualify in the fact that you are tired. Would, somebody, would anybody raise their hand in fact that you are tired? Okay, about two-thirds of the room, just raise your hand. Funny as we walked in, uh, Stephanie, who's running slides this morning, she walked in that door about 8 o'clock and said, Stephanie, how are you doing today? And she said, tired. And I said, well, that's good because that's what we're talking about today. So that, that, that was good. But um, w- when I ask people how they're doing, the two most popular responses I get, you know, you see someone, how you doing, is busy and tired. Those are the top two. Today we're going to talk about the tired part. So uh, another another question. Has anyone in here, husbands, ha- have any of you like late at night, you, you're in bed, you and your spouse, and your wife is telling you about her day? Ha- has any husbands ever fallen asleep during that comment? Kevin raised his hand over there. Yeah. You know, it's the part about, yeah, and then there was Susie, and Susie went over there, and you know she was wearing the red blouse and the red blouse, and she drove her blazer today, and you know the blazer, the one that doesn't have the tire that doesn't work, and like going on in that, and then I'm like asleep. I kind of lose track of all the details, but yeah, I have done that before. Has anyone fallen asleep during a movie at a movie theater? Okay, a lot of people have done that. Yeah. Um, Would any people say in here they don't get enough sleep? Some of you, okay, you just don't get enough sleep. All right, we are just a tired bunch of people, aren't we? We are a tired nation. We are a tired culture. Uh, We're just tired. When I go around and talk to people, that's a word that just comes out. Now, last Sunday, I wasn't here because uh, I rode my bike on Saturday and Sunday in the Hilly 100, which um, I had not done since 1984 when I was 15 years old. So you can do the math and figure it out. It had been a while. So there you see a group of guys here. Some of them are exodus. You see uh, Matt Ellen. Wood there to the left. Uh, Steve Holbrook is the tall guy. He goes to Sherwood Oaks and then Scott Stonier and then myself. And so uh, I, I was just trying to finish, okay? And uh, after Saturday, I was dead tired. I wasn't sure I was going to uh, be able to do it Sunday. I got up Sunday. I'm like, I can do this. Sunday, the weather was better. So I did my 43 miles and I was just glad at the end. I was just trying to, to finish. Now, all during the time, my friend Scott Stonier, who is a much better cyclist in much better shape, um, he has, he's got the gift of being able to diminish any of my accomplishments and uh, tell me how easy the ride is. All through the ride, he was telling me, this ride is so easy. These hills are so easy. I've ridden on hills that are so much bigger than this, so much better. This is so easy. And at the time, I'm just trying to get oxygen in my lungs. You know, I'm just going, <gasps> you know, as he's telling me this. So I love you, Scott. But uh, he, he dishes it out to me. But anyway, I was tired. When we got done at the end, I was, I was just flat worn out. I was just ready to go home and go to bed. But a lot of us are tired. A lot of us are tired because of work. Work is demanding, and uh, we spend a lot of time at work, and after we get done work, we're just tired. A lot of us are tired because of parenting. You've got kids who need diapers changed, or they're small and they run around, or they just say, mommy, 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 or why, 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 or can I do this? And parenting just sometimes makes us tired. Some of us are tired because of school. Just a lot of things that school involves, and it's tired, tiring. Some of us are tired because we just stay up too late. 
We just don't go to bed when we need to. Others of us are tired because we've been on Facebook too long, and we should be going to bed, but we don't. We're just physically tired. And I think some of us in this room are also emotionally tired. Uh, There's just a lot of pressure that goes on. Maybe you feel like you have more on your plate than you can deal with, and it just comes at you at all angles, and you are just emotionally tired. Others in this room could say that they are relationally tired. For some of you, maybe you're, you're dating or you're looking for that special someone and you're sick and tired of all the first dates and you're just tired of all that. You're tired of that dating scene and you're just tired. Some of you who are married are relationally tired. And if you had to be honest, you would say, you know, it's just difficult sometimes being in that relationship. But a lot of us here today are also spiritually tired. We're just worn out when we think of our relationship with God, when we think of what it really ought to be and what it really is, we find out that our souls are just weary. They're just tired. We're just worn out. Because here's what we do. We tend to know the things that we should do, and we decide, okay, I'm going to do better at them. I'm just going to try harder. And we make these promises, and then within a couple of days, within a week, within a month, all the promises and all the things that we were going to start doing and all the things that we were going to stop doing, we've forgotten about them. Um, We really haven't read our Bible in a while. We can't remember the last time that we prayed. And we've tried but we've just not done so hot, and we're just tired. It just gets, it, it's, it's hard living that way. We have good intentions, but we're just tired. And a reason, a big reason why we're tired when it comes to spiritual things is because we live in a performance-based world. Okay, everything in our world, everything that you and I know, just is all about performance, okay? It's, it's, it's measured, it's scored, it's recorded, it's compared, it's graded, it's calculated, it's counted, it's evaluated, it's assessed, everything. Whether that's work, school, sports, we all know how that works. Everything happens that way, which is extremely tiring, isn't it, in our world? It's just tiring of all of these performance expectations, Now, we're going to see today in Matthew chapter 11 that Jesus says something in these verses that is going to be difficult for you and I to comprehend, to fathom, and to believe because it's so outside of the performance world that we live in, where everything is measured and assessed and scored. It's so far outside of that that it's going to be difficult for us to grasp. And most of us, when we were taught things about church and when we learned things about God, it still had to do with performance, about try harder, do better, just do what you're supposed to do. Don't do this, do this. So what we're going to see today is an invitation from Jesus for those who are tired in Matthew chapter 11. And we pick it up in verse 28. And this is Jesus teaching. And here's what we read. Then Jesus said to them, come to me. There's the invitation. All of you, this includes us, it's open to anyone, who are weary and carry heavy burdens. In other words, Jesus is talking to those of us who are tired. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you more to do. I will give you a reason to try harder. I will give you a big dose of guilt. I will give you more rules to follow. I will give you a lecture for not doing so well. But it doesn't say any of those things, does it? Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Rest. 
I mean, isn't that refreshing to know that Jesus says, no, I'm not coming to give you a bunch of things that you have to do. I'm coming to give you rest. And that is so against the grain of the culture that you and I live in, it's a little difficult to think, well, what does that really even mean? What does that look like? And here's the principle that we talked about at the, at the very beginning of the message. In following Jesus, proximity is more important than performance. We understand performance. Proximity is a more difficult thing for us to, to gather and grasp. But Jesus is, is more interested in you having a relationship with him, knowing him, spending time with him, than he is about the performance and the do's and the don'ts and all the things that we are so tired of trying to do. Jesus goes on to explain it further in verse 29. He says, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle. Now that doesn't sound like your boss or your professor, does it? Humble and gentle. But he says, I am humble and gentle at heart and will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus invites all of us to find rest at the foot of the cross. He says, all you who are tired, all you who are trying to achieve and do all the right things and, and, and you're worn out because of all these lists and the things that you do and the things that you don't, he said, come to me because I want to give you something. I want to give you rest. And the place that he invites us to find that rest is at the cross. People who are religious, people who are rebellious, everyone in between, Jesus says, I invite you to come and meet me at the cross and find rest. Now, in America, we have lost the significance of the cross, I believe, many times, because we see it as just a thing. It's just this cross. It's a piece of jewelry. It's something we put on a stand. It's something we get tattooed on our arm. It's a bumper sticker. It's a, we look around, and we see crosses everywhere. And in that, they become kind of the symbol, but we kind of forget what it truly means. Jesus said the cross was for two reasons. Number one... So that your sins could be paid for. So he died on the cross so that your sins could be paid for. And number two, so that you could have a relationship with your heavenly father. He became the sacrifice for that. So the cross is the place where the religious and the rebellion can come and meet Jesus and find peace and joy and rest. And you'll never have a relationship like that that's full of rest with Jesus if it's about performance. If it's about all the things that you're supposed to be doing or not doing. Because in following Jesus, proximity is more important than performance. So Jesus invites five different kinds of people to find rest on the cross. And when you walked in, you probably saw a little red card like this on your seat. So we're going to fill these things in. Five different kinds of people that Jesus invites to find rest at the cross. So I invite you to fill those in as we go. C is for confused. The cross is for people who are confused. And in our world, whether we want to admit it or not, there's a lot of people who are confused. Now I'm going to show you a video in just a second of some people who are confused. This is a, this is a video piece that um, was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And uh, Jimmy went out and the day before the iPhone 5 was released, the day before, he took the iPhone 4 and went out on the street and showed it to people and said it was the iPhone 5 and asked them how well they liked it. Okay, so they're not looking at an iPhone 5. They're looking at an iPhone 4, which has been out for a year. He's just kind of tricking them and asking them what they think of it. Okay, can you show us what they said, Stephanie? 
the new iPhone 5 just came out today. We want to know if you'll take a look at it. Tell us how it compares to the last iPhone. I'd love to. Oh, it's way better. Yeah, it's nice. That's definitely noticeably better. It's a little, a little thinner. Looks like the screen's a little bigger. Seems a little bit faster. Yeah. Faster, lighter. Feels uh, heavier. Feels heavier? I think so. A lot lighter than the last one. It's a lot faster as well. Mine's gonna take forever. So this one's faster? Yeah, definitely faster. Right on. Oh, it looks very nice. Very nice, very updated. Oh my God, it feels a lot lighter and just more, um, just a lot more higher quality. And it's got, um, if you drop it, it looks like it's not gonna break. Like this one has a million times. The screen is clear, HD. Colors are brighter. Oh, it has a video front and back? Mm-hmm. Video front and back, that's cool. This doesn't have that. So you like it better than the last one? Yeah, I have the 4S. Yeah? Yeah. I'm always open for a new phone. <laughs> All right. How easily we are confused about things, right? All of the hype. Now, the reason that many of us in, in, our, in our world and our culture and even us are confused is because we put our hope and our trust in things that don't really satisfy. Things that aren't really going to last. We get excited about a new gadget. We get excited about getting a, a new home or, or getting a degree or an diploma or graduating or we, we want children or we uh, land the most awesome job or the, most, the best career. And in that, we hope that there's going to bring a sense of fulfillment that when it doesn't happen, we're just confused. And we say to ourselves, if I had a life like that, if I had those things, if I could, if I could somehow achieve these things, then my life would be perfect. But it wouldn't. It wouldn't be perfect. Because we're confused. Because when we buy this, when we get one of those, when we upgrade to that, when we live in that house, when we drive one of those cars, when we get a paycheck that's that big, and we land a career that we thought we wanted, we think we'll be happy. But then we find out we're not. We're not happy. And it just doesn't work. We finally get all that the world promises us and then we find out that we're still not happy because we're confused. They come out with a newer gadget. The car that we bought that we thought was going to make us happy now has dents in it. It gets miles on it and it starts to break down. The amount of the paycheck that we thought was going to be big enough we find out isn't quite big enough. Our job isn't all cracked up to what we thought it was going to be and our marriage is hard and our kids are brats. So we go, like, what's up with that? I mean, these are all the things that I thought was going to make my life wonderful, and all of a sudden, I have them, and I'm not happy. And Jesus would say, you're tired, you're exhausted, and you're confused. And if you had everything that this world had to offer, everything that you would ever want, you would still find yourself tired and confused. And if that's where you find yourself, Jesus invites you at the foot of the cross to find rest. He says simply come to me and find rest. R is for runners. The cross is for runners. How many people in here have completed a full marathon? Raise your hands proudly. Okay, wow, very cool. All right, half marathoners. If you're a half marathon, okay, more people are there. All right, 10Kers. 
All right, how about five cares? We're even going to clear that. Very good. Okay, we get the five cares in there. I am not a runner, okay? So my hat goes off. So I ride a bicycle and don't pedal as I go down a hill, okay? So that's my thing. So if you're running, your legs are always moving. Uh, But running makes you tired, right? I mean, everyone knows that. Running is very tiring. No one gets more energy because they run, right? It doesn't work that way. We all understand that. Now, I'm convinced without a shadow of a doubt that in this room today, there are people who are running from God. There are people that are like going, you know what? I'm just running the other way. I, I, I know, maybe I know some things. I know what I ought to do, but I'm, I'm running. And maybe you're running today because someone has abandoned you. Maybe you're running because someone has lied to you. Maybe you're running because someone has let you down. Maybe you're running from God because someone has used you. Or, or, or many other things. You're just running. And, and the, the truth is... Many times, one of the most common times that people run from God is when they get to college. Because all of a sudden, when you're in college, it's like, you know what? There's this freedom. Mom and dad aren't on my back. They don't know when I get in. I can do these things that I've always wondered about. No one's there, you know, lecturing me. In fact, there are people like rooting you on to do the things that you've always wanted to do and maybe think that you shouldn't be doing. But deep down, you know that maybe, you know what, this is just, it's not right, and and I'm running from God. A wise person once taught me this, and I found it true to be in my own life. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. And wherever you go, you will find that he will be there waiting for you. And the great news, though, is if you're a runner, you don't have to run. Jesus said, you know what, you're running, you're going to get tired, Whenever we run from God, we make bad mistakes, and we run, and we keep running. We get more tired and more tired, and Jesus says, come to the cross, because I have something that you really want, and that is rest. And Jesus invites you, if you're a runner, to meet him at the foot of the cross. O is for overwhelmed. The cross is for those who are overwhelmed. Now, if you're overwhelmed right now, I don't have to tell you how that feels, do I? I mean, you know what that feels like. I mean, when you're overwhelmed, you feel tired, you feel trapped, you're not sure how you're going to keep going. I mean, some of you in here today are probably overwhelmed because of there's, there, there are health issues that you don't have answers to and you're wondering about. Some of you are overwhelmed over money situations or finances. Others are overwhelmed because you're raising kids and you're parenting and it takes a lot. Some of you are overwhelmed with school and homework and tests and assignments and papers that need to be done. Some are overwhelmed with work and you have a boss that you can't ever please and it's just difficult. Some of you are overwhelmed with your schedule and all the things that have to be done over the next four weeks. And when you think about it, you just like don't even want to deal with it because it's just so overwhelming. For all of us that feels overwhelmed, though, we are trying to live our lives on our own strength. And Jesus says, you know what? What I want you to do is I want you to come and find strength in me because I have something to give to you. And if you're an overwhelmed person, I want to give you rest. That's what I offer. And there are times in my life that I've been overwhelmed. There was a time in my life when... um, I thought that we were going to lose our youngest daughter to an illness, and that was a very real possibility, and that was pretty overwhelming. There was a time in my life where I didn't have a job, and I didn't know how I was going to provide for my family, and that was pretty overwhelming. There was a time in my marriage where things were difficult, and I wasn't sure that it was even going to stay together, and we were going to be able to make and get through this, and that was pretty overwhelming. 
And when you're overwhelmed, you just have this sense of, like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it to the next day. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this week. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And at that point, that is when we need to realize that we're trying to live all of this on our own, with our own energy, with our own initiative, and instead of turning it over to Christ. And there's something that I've learned through all of those times where I felt overwhelmed, and this is what it is. Jesus has never delivered me from difficulty in my life, but he's always walked with me through it. And that's a promise that he makes for all of us who feel overwhelmed. He may not deliver you from difficulty, but he will walk with you through it, and he will never abandon you. So maybe God is telling you here today, he wants you to know that you don't have to feel overwhelmed. You don't have to live life on your own strength. You don't have to muster it up all on your own. He is offering and inviting you to rest at the cross. Letter S is for sinners. The cross is for sinners. Now we find in the book of Isaiah chapter 59 the problem with sin. And sin is anything that we do that would be outside of God's will for our lives. Anything that would be harmful to us, anything that would be because he knows best, because he 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 created life, he knows the way that we ought to live and anything outside of his will would be considered sin. Now the problem is it's the problem is not that sin isn't fun, right? Because if sin isn't fun, then you're not doing it correctly, okay? Because it's, it's fun. That's why it's called sin. But the problem of sin we find in Isaiah 59 verse 2 is it's sins that cut you off from God. So basically our sin separates us from God because God is perfect, because our Heavenly Father is perfect, and then when we are not perfect, because we are not perfect, that sin separates us from God. And here's the catch with sin. Sin will always take you further than you want to go, it will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. That's always the hook with sin. It's not that there isn't some joy or fulfillment in it, but there's always a catch to it. And that catch happens when it separates us from our Heavenly Father. So Jesus paid for our sin on the cross, and he paid for our sins, our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins by becoming a sacrifice and dying on the cross. And he invites all of us who find ourselves as sinners to find rest in him at the foot of the cross. The last S stands for saved. The cross is for those who are saved. Remember, in following Jesus, it's proximity that matters more than performance, right? And if you are in proximity with Jesus, the performance things will tend to take care of themselves. If you're spending time and you're understanding and knowing your Heavenly Father, the, the performance things will tend to work themselves out. Have you ever seen a guy get hit by a bus? No, I mean, really, have you ever seen a guy get hit by a bus? Because I'm going to show it to you, all right? So if you don't want to see that, you just need to hide your eyes. This guy's named Nick. Okay? And he's going to get hit by a bus. All right? Go ahead and show that video. Okay? Some college kids are... Can you show that again, Stephanie? He ends up being okay. Okay, there he goes. Okay, here's the thing about getting hit by a bus. 
if you get hit by a bus, there will be evidence that you got hit by a bus, okay? When you get up and, you know, your head's twisted sideways and your elbow's back here and your knee is crooked and your ear is, like, on your chin, uh, Nick was okay, okay? So don't worry about Nick. But there would be evidence that you got hit by a bus. Now, why do I tell you that analogy? Well, I meet people all the time that tell me that they're Christians, they believe in God, they go to church, all this, they've been saved, blah, 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 blah. And there's no evidence in their life of any of those things. There's no evidence at all that you see visibly that what they're saying matches what has happened. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And what is the will of God? The will of your heavenly Father is that you would find rest through Jesus at the foot of the cross. And because it's so close to Halloween, we're going to read the next two verses, which in my mind are the scariest two verses that, that I can find in the Bible. Matthew seven twenty two, On judgment day, many, not one guy, not like you know, just a few people. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and we performed many miracles in your name. Now don't miss that. They told Jesus all the things that they did. Jesus, we did all these things. We did this. We did this. We did this. We did this. And Jesus is saying, you know what? It's about proximity. It's not about performance. I'm not interested in all the things you did. I'm interested in, do you know me? Have you been close to me? Do you abide in me? Matthew 7, 23, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Now that sounds pretty hardcore when we read that. We're like, come on. I mean, Jesus, you need to be nice to these people. But Jesus is saying, you know what? It's not about what you do. It's not about your performance. I'm telling you, it's about your proximity to me. It's about finding rest in who I am, not how good you can be. Because when it comes down to it, None of us will be good enough. None of our performances will match up. Nothing will be good enough because our sin has separated us from our Heavenly Father. And we can only find rest when we accept Christ's grace and peace and mercy and forgiveness at the foot of the cross. And it's all about resting in Jesus at the foot of the cross. So today, I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to surrender and at the cross find God's rest and peace. So would you take a moment and just bow your head? I want to ask you to bow your head. And as everybody's got their head bowed, I want to ask you a question and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer and a confession. Here's the question. I want you to answer this question between you and God. What are you tired from? Admit that to God. Tell God what that is. What are you tired from? Are you tired of being confused and searching for fulfillment and all these things that never bring it? Are you tired because you're running from God? Are you tired because you're overwhelmed with all that's going on? Are you tired because you're caught up in sin or a habit? Are you tired because you're just trying to be a good person and basing your faith and your performance on that and not in proximity? What are you tired from? If one of the more one or more of the things on this red card that we filled out earlier as we went through this, if you're tired from any one of those things, here's what I want you to do. I want you just to circle 
the one thing or the multiple things that you're tired from. Okay, on that red card. Or if you come up with another one, you can write it underneath. And I want you to circle that card and, or something on that card. And if you did that, um, I want to invite you to repeat a prayer after me. Okay, this is just, if you circled something and you want to do this, it's totally optional, but I'm going to say a prayer, and if you find yourself needing rest today, if you find yourself needing the cross and something that's on this list, I want you just to repeat this prayer out loud to me. I'll say a phrase, and then you repeat it. Okay, here we go. Jesus Christ, I confess you as Lord and as my King. Come into my life and take over. I surrender everything to you. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave. And right now I surrender my life to you. Show me how to live by finding rest in you at the cross. I am saved because of my proximity to you, not my performance. In Christ's name, amen. Now look up here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a time of response. And some of those things are, if, you're, if you usually come, you know how that works. Um, the band's going to come up here and sing a song. We're going to be having a time of communion. So if you said that prayer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're invited to come up. And we're going to have people to the right, here in the center, and to the left. And you're invited to take a piece of bread, which represents Christ's broken body on the cross, and dip it in the juice, which represents his blood that was shed on the cross. At the same time, I want to invite you to take this red card that, that you had. And if, if you feel like you want to find rest today and, and take Jesus up on his promise, I want you to take it to one of the crosses... Fold it in half. Take one of these nails and a hammer. And accept his promise and just nail it to that cross. There's a big cross over here to my right. There's a small cross on my left. You get to choose. If you're a big cross person or a small cross person, totally up to you. All right? That's my invitation to you. Now, one more quick thing. If this is the very first time that you've ever accepted Christ, is this the very first time you've ever said a prayer like that? If this is new to you and you're like, you know, I really don't have a relationship with Jesus and I'm starting it, I want you to do one more thing for me. Just write your first and last name on that red card and your email address. And, what I, and the reason I'm asking you to do that is I want to be able to follow up with you just this week and just give you some tools to be able to help start that journey. And so just write your first and last name and your email address on there, and then I will personally email you this week. Uh, just one, because I want to congratulate you and then put some, some tools in your hand. And so... Um, at the same time, there's going to be people over here in the prayer room to your right. And if you need someone to pray for you, you are welcome to go there. There's some great people that I know that would love to pray for you about anything, whether it has to do with what we've talked about today or has nothing to do. And you just want prayer, that's going to be invited. So we're going to respond to God. And uh, the band's going to come up and we're going to play three more songs. And then uh, we'll close with prayer. But I'm going to say a prayer right now and then we'll move into our response time. Father, thank you again, for offering rest. And I know that um, in my own life, um, 
Today has been a busy day. Um, this week is going to be a busy week, and there are a room full of people who desperately need to find rest. And yet we live in a, in a world that measures everything by performance. And so somehow in our world, in our relationship with you, would you help us to be able to separate those things? Would you help us to see that you desire to know us, to spend time with us, for us to come to you, and you want to help us in that way? And may you uh, forgive us for the times that we've... Um, measured everything by performance. Forgive us for the times when we failed you, when we've walked from you, when we've ran from you. And Father, help us today just to accept your invitation of rest and mercy and peace and joy and forgiveness at the foot of the cross. So we take communion together and we nail these needs to a tree and we do it all in the name of of Jesus, your son, who you sent because of your love down here onto earth to be the sacrifice for us. In Christ's name we pray this, amen.